You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast. Episode 180 of Besiktas International's The Black Eagles Podcast. I'm your host, Sinan Schwarting, live from New York City. A steamy summer's day here on uh, Wednesday, August 11th. Um, An exciting Wednesday um, for everyone, I think. We've got... um, it's like, I guess in the background, we've got some NBA Summer League for, for basketball fans. Uh, the Olympics have just wrapped up for for uh, general sporting fans, if you will. Um, and of course, Besiktas season is upon us. Uh, the, the preseason has concluded. Our friendlies are over. There is no Super Cup uh, until the winter for reasons that are sort of beyond most of us. Um... But so yeah, besides that, uh, we do have a lot of exciting things to talk about today, obviously. Uh, on top of the, um, the season that's upcoming, which everyone is, is of course excited about, uh, we also have just about the most exciting transfer news you could ask for. Um, but uncharacteristically, I'm going to delegate, uh, which... Man, New York is really making some noise today. Uh, it's a daytime recording session here, so uh, bear with me, folks. But yeah, like I said, I'm delegating a lot of the news and the talk of transfers. I'm going to hand off to guess who, but Khan Bayazid, who's not here. Sorry, no applause or anything like that. Um, he is, I promised this previously, and I'm so glad to finally be able to deliver it. Um, Khan is delivering segments, like as we've talked about on air before. We haven't uh, been able to record, you know, in the same place, in the same time. He's got uh, some scheduling issues, you know, some wonky uh, things going on. For anyone who wants the, the info, we talked about it on air in our last uh, podcast episode together. I don't remember which number it is. Doesn't matter. Anyway, um, but he di- he is, as we promised, going to start contributing what we're calling... For now, hashtag Khan's Corner. Um, very exciting news. So he's yeah he's back, you know, in some form, which which is thrilling. And um, yeah, he's gonna talk about a, a lot of fun stuff. I'm sure a lot of folks who are longtime listeners will enjoy hearing his voice again. Um, for those who are new, and I guess there are probably some of those out, out there nowadays. Um, yeah, Khan was the original co-host alongside myself, uh, and for, I want to say years, but certainly for quite a long time, the two of us uh, were, were running this ship together, so it's always great to have him involved in some fashion, and of course, uh, eventually, soon, uh, 
relatively speaking. Um, we're going to be able to do this thing together again. So yeah, stay tuned for all of that. But certainly, uh, I will hand the reins to him eventually. But first, I want to talk about our friendly match, our last friendly match of the season. Uh, a bit of a snooze fest against Adana Demirspor. Uh, and then, of course, I want to do a little season preview. You know, this episode's theme is this is the 2021-2022 Besiktas season preview. Um, it should be a great season, I suspect. Um, at least entertaining, right? Great, you know, results, you never know. Um, Turkey is a pretty crazy league, very competitive. Um, I've been really promoting it to kind of neutrals, you know, just football fans in general. Uh, I think it probably is very entertaining. You know, it's maybe even more so if you're not as invested as some of us are. Uh, you know, you're not getting heart attacks and whatnot on a regular basis from craziness. But yeah, uh, it's going to be a great season, I think, and I'm excited to talk about it. And I'm really obviously excited. Um, be able to, to talk, start talking about some real matches, you know, this summer, uh, some of you, I haven't gotten any negative complaints, which I appreciate, but yeah, I, I've been a little less timely with episodes, obviously news has been slow coming, uh, but it's coming in in a deluge now, so uh, yeah, I'll be back regularly now, also obviously with episode, uh, sorry, with, with match day episodes, um, and yeah, some other great news on the horizon, um, with Alex Teixeira, we have a new transfer, and so that means Khan is going to be back at it with an interview. Um, you know, more to come on that. Obviously, we, we hope it'll be in the next excuse me, in the next week or so. Um, so yeah, before it's uh, outdated news. But obviously, we're all excited about the news of Alex Teixeira coming. That is official. Uh, we're obviously all excited about the news of Valentin Rosier having come that's obviously very much official he's already featured in a friendly which i will talk about in a moment and we're obviously even more excited perhaps about the arrival of rashid ghazal only because of the fact that he was so impactful last season and things seemed tenuous right seemed for a minute like maybe there was going to be some drama but lo and behold the man is returning um and not only is he returning but uh, on good numbers, you know, at least long-term ones, and uh, there's more to, to come as well on the transfer front, so even though the season's beginning, we're going to have more to talk about uh, that, theoretically, right? Uh, we don't have a striker yet, or this backup central defender, uh, or, or starter, I guess, if he's replacing Wellington in the, in the starting lineup, but... Um, yeah, stay tuned for all of that, but yeah, let's, let's dig into what we are going to talk about this episode. That is Besiktas visiting Adana Demirspor. They had a very fancy um, ceremony to sort of kick off their season via this friendly. Um, and yeah, I'll just lay it out on the table. We drew in the end one to one in kind of classic friendly terms, if you will. Um, and it was a snooze fest, as I already said. It was a real, like the, the whole preseason, as far as these matches went, there wasn't a lot to get excited about. Let's be honest. Um, a lot of the sort of smaller transfers we made along the peripherals, like Kenan Karaman and Sali Uchan, they needed to sort of settle in and get acquainted with playing with, uh, acquainted to playing with, um, you know, guys who were already 
in the team. Uh, it's good Rosier got to come back and, and, and play a little bit with these guys as well and, and get a little warmed up. Um, it's unfortunate, obviously, that Rashid Ghazal did not. But, you know, supposedly Lester has a very intensive training program in the summer and he uh, requested to train hard so that he'd be ready to come in, you know, kind of uh, land with, with his feet on the ground running, you know, rather than uh, having to settle in and all that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I sort of botched that expression. I, I Whatever. We're rolling with it. Uh, but so, yeah, uh, pluses and minuses as far as the... As the Preseason friendlies go. Obviously, the, the plus being just guys getting experience that are new to the team, and some guys returning and just getting warmed up a little. Um, but so let's talk about this one. Erson um, was in the goal again, so perhaps good news for for people who want to see him stick around. Uh, you sus I, I think we all suspect that he was definitely outgoing. That they would have probably avoided him getting injured or, or tried to get Utku a little experience as our backup or whatever it might be. So, I don't know what the deal is with that. By the way, the latest is that we've agreed on terms with Mert Gunok, so that's somewhat official. And I don't think that means Ersin's not the starter still, or with the team still. Uh, what it does mean is that we have a better backup than Utku at the very least. And, and very likely a bit of drama as far as who's going to start. Anyway. On the back line, Domagos Vida and Nejip Uiso. So something new for the, the preseason. Valentin Rosier, also new for the preseason. Uh, returning on the right side of the defense with Fabrice and Sakala on the left side. Mehmet Topal uh, returning to the midfield, which I think we all agree is better than, you know, as a central defender in that last match. Um, which also, I mean, to be fair to him, perhaps... He was cold coming off a long stretch of not playing and uh, that being his first preseason action. Uh, ahead of him in the midfield were Atiba Hutchinson back to the, the sort of central midfield role and Joseph de Souza also a bit more of a central midfielding midfield role but we can all be real here. There's three defensive midfielders out there. Uh, Gokan Tore played on the right side, Georges Kevin Kudu on the left and Gouven Yalchin up front. Um, so yeah, not not particularly exciting stuff, if we're going to be frank. Uh, Utku on the bench, Jivan Yilmaz, Saliuchan, Ozan Uziku, Adem, Yayic, Kedem, or no, sorry, Kedem, Kartal, Yilmaz, Kartal, Kaira, Yilmaz, Serdar Sachi, and Emre Bilgin, our third string keeper. He always makes the bench somehow. Um, everyone featured in as, as a substitute, with the exceptions of... Uh, Emre, of course, uh, the third string keeper, and Rivan Yilmaz, which is interesting. So Fabrice and Sakala played the whole match. Um, you know, make of that what you will. Uh, perhaps they're just resting the kid. Who knows? Uh, I'm not too worried about it. Anyway, the the end result, to put things briefly, uh, Georges Kevin Kudu was uh, scored a goal, a penalty kick in the 60th minute, um, and. What is this dude's name? I, I really, I'm trying to, I don't want to butcher it. Sound like a jerk. His name is Brit Asombalonga. Asombalonga. He's from the Congo. Uh, very big physical dude. Uh, looked good, honestly. He'll probably be a good fit in Turkey. Um, Adana, you know, they did a pretty decent job. You know, obviously they made headlines with, with Balotelli and all that. And I have to say, it was fun to see him, you know, in a, in a Super League match. Just... 
a guy of his prominence, you know. But um, even beyond that, just on the peripherals of their squad, they seem to have done a very decent job of building a team. Obviously, that's going to be put to the test, and we shall see. But, uh, yeah, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Adem Lijic, by the way, only came in in the 84th minute. Um, so, he did feature, but not much. I don't know what the deal is with him, if he's, if he's outgoing or not. Um, you know, supposedly there have been some struggles in that regard. I I've said for a long time that we're likely to see one of Adem Lijic, Kyle Laren, uh, Tyler Boyd. I think one of those three is outgoing. Um, I sort of hesitantly put Doman Vida on that list, but I think it's too late for that now. Um, in theory, with his contract and all that, and, and his interest, you know, I think he would be someone that we'd sell if someone came in with the right price, but probably not now, not at this stage. But certainly one of the other three, I think, to clear up a foreign, foreigner spot, you're likely to see sold. Um, we'll see. We shall see. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's it. I'm not going to talk much about the friendly. Uh, it was underwhelming. It was not fun to watch. It was a snoozer. Uh, it's done. The preseason is done. We're moving on up. Moving on up. Moving on up. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about the season now. Because I think it's time. It's time for us to preview it. It's time for us to take it seriously. It, it, it is now upon us. Um... Our first match is this coming Friday, August 13th, 1.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time here for on the, on the eastern coast of the United States. So check your local listings. But so, yeah, nice lunchtime, you know, for those of you working on Friday, you can, you can take a nice long lunch at 1.30, maybe a late lunch. You can say I'm taking a late lunch, but maybe perhaps a little longer, and you, you can sneak out, watch the match. Um, for those of us working at home, yeah. Uh, might even get to sneak it on the dime, on the boss's dime. No, I'm joking. Obviously, we're not talking about wage theft here. We do not support wage theft. That is not an official Be Fluent podcast line. That's our disclaimer for anyone who asks. You can do it, though. I don't care. Um, anyway, it's going to be a fun season. Uh, I really think it's going to be a fun season, and we're kicking it off with none other than Rizespor, who's a tough nut to crack. You know, typically they they get surprise results against big sides. It's happened many a time, um, and so yeah, it's gonna be fun to see us us play. Obviously, we're gonna be missing parts. I assume Alex Teixeira's one week quarantine means he's not gonna be into that in for that match. I assume it's not. Don't put me on the record. I don't know what you know. We're always finding okay, if he if we, if you were joining Fenerbahce, there'd be no doubt he'd play somehow. But, Whatever. Let's not uh, let's not stew in, in conspiracy theory. Perhaps the, the same applies. Perhaps we get the same silly exceptions. Um, but so yeah, he's in quarantine now. That's why we also haven't seen a ton of media. I, I suspect um, our next match is going to be against Gaziantep, which is interesting. So on the road, uh, which is going to be Saturday, August twenty-first. Um, again, that's two forty-five. So a, a time changeup. Again, that's Eastern Standard. Uh, New York City time here, so check your local listings. So, uh, yeah, th th there's this sort of period before daylight savings, which we do apply here in the states, but they don't do in Turkey any longer, where um, the, the the games are going to become much earlier for all of us at some point. But for now, we have the, we're in this sweet spot. Um, 
Goldilocks zone, if you will, uh, where we can um, enjoy some late afternoon matches. Uh, but so yeah, that's going to be Saturday, August 21st at 2.45 against Gaziantep on the road. It's our first road match. And then we'll return home the following week, August 28th, again scheduled for 2.45 against Fatih Karagumruk. So the, the former kings of Istanbul for like a couple months last year. They have also, like Adana Demirspor, put together a very interesting squad. They, they did interesting things last year. They have a, a young coach, Italian dude, uh, who doesn't have his license, so they have to have like a stand-in for him. So it's, it's a very interesting situation there. There should be a lot of fun. Um, and so that's going to be a tough int- a tough match, I think, honestly. And, and so those first three matches, they're all tough. They're all against tough opposition who could pose threats. They're not going to be walkovers by any stretch. Um, all of them have had spells of success in the Super League where they sort of, you know, notched in performances a bit above their level, if you will. So I think we can expect to be challenged. We're not going to have our full rotation of players yet. The number of guys not in. We don't even have a striker yet. I don't think Gazelle is possible. I don't know if he's even in Istanbul yet. I think his manager is. Whatever. Uh, but he, that's that's pretty much official. But you know, I don't. That, I do believe what this means is with all the quarantine stuff, we're not going to see Gazelle or Alex in this first match against Dize. So, in, in the, their first match together will be against Gaziantep on the road, which is a tough nut to crack. So, um, you know. I, I'm not gonna. My 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 request of of the team is that they get seven points out of those three matches. Um, realistically, I think we could probably even expect maybe just five points, maybe a couple draws. I hope we don't drop points and lose. You know, our defense doesn't have the excuse that the rest of the team does. They've been there for a while. They're a solid bunch now. You know, they put up pretty decent numbers in the end. They had a rough start to last season, uh, as you'd expect with all the displacement. But yeah, there's no changes as far as that rotation goes on the back four, um, especially if Erson stays in in the in this team. So I fully expect a couple draws at the at the minimum. Um, I don't want us to see us. I really don't want to see us lose points at all. Um, but I expect it to be honest. Um, I just. No L's. L's are not acceptable. Uh, but so yeah, realistic, I say five points. Hopefully seven points. We just drop one. We only have we, we have one draw allowed, and we, we win two of those games. Um, those squads are also going to be kind of settling into the new season. So even though they are perhaps formidable, perhaps they won't start out that way. So uh, you know, there's a lot of wild cards and variables at work here. I mean, we could drop points. We could we could really even lose. Let's be realistic, you know. Um, the Super League, I've said this many times, the quality of the league has increased because of the foreigner limit not really existing for a minute there. Um, whereas the quality of the top teams has decreased because of financial fair play and the fact that they're so ridden with debt. Um, so that has made for, you know, it hasn't upended the whole thing, you know, except obviously for actually here's weird run the other year uh, yeah, a couple years ago um, but it's certainly made for a scenario where anything can happen in this league uh, as we've seen time and time again right at the end of last season and I even predicted this you know I said we could drop a lot of points here because these teams are, are, are looking for blood they smell blood but uh, nobody should expect that our rivals are gonna win out their seasons either and that was exactly the case um, 
can you can expect the unexpected in the Super League these days, and I do now. Um, so yeah, like I said, hopefully seven points. I mean, crap. Hopefully nine points, right? But realistically, hopefully nine, seven points, and then realistically, realistically, <laughs> five points. Uh, after that first three stretch of Matt, the first three game stretch, uh, we have Yanni Malachia at home. So we have two home matches in a row. Uh, then we're on the road in Antalya, and then we host Adana Demirspor. So that's the next set of three. September 12th, the 19th, and the 22nd. So we're back to midweek matches for Adana Demirspor. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for all that. We'll obviously be. I'm, I'm just gonna, you know, that I'm just gonna predict those first three matches for fun. Um, but yeah, we'll get obviously more into the matches further in advance as we roll into the season. Um, I don't want to talk too much here, because Khan, it's, it's great to have him back. And, uh, you know, yeah, he, he really covers a lot of bases, as he tends to do. Um, but so yeah, no, um, without any further delay, it is my absolute pleasure to announce our very new segment, hashtag Khan's Corner. Folks, I present to you the man himself, Khan Bayazid! Here's to you, sir. Hey everyone, it's Khan here with, uh, I guess we're calling this Khan's Corner. Um, yeah, let's uh, quickly take a look at that, uh, at this uh, crazy transfer window so far. It's uh, been uh, it's been very un like I would like, uh, I would think. Uh, usually we're leaving these key transfers until the final days of the season and yes uh, it's true that uh, the league is starting um, in just two days from when I'm recording this I'm recording this on Wednesday and we are opening the season against Rizespor on Friday which won't be easy uh, Rizespor have uh, made some good moves on the transfer market themselves and they look like a tough team and uh, we certainly aren't done yet i feel like three friendly matches is a little bit on uh, the low end of uh, preparation for the new season but it's going to be another long season it's going to be another almost uh, 40 games um 38 matches i believe in the league so i mean it's going to be a long season so no matter what happens on friday uh this is going to be hopefully a very exciting season uh, especially with the transfers that we have done already um yeah, like I said, we, we aren't used to this sort of stuff, having almost 90% of the transfers finished before the start of the season. It's it's unheard of as, as, as for us Besiktas fans, right? Um, when we finished last season with in, in such an amazing way, which was both incredibly nerve-wracking, but also... Um, yeah, just, just, just fantastic to to win the league on goal differential, and and yes, we should have bagged it weeks beforehand, but with the uh, circumstances of, of incredible amount of injuries at the same time and all that, the fact that we still managed to drag it across the finish line was 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 sweet, uh, was amazing. Um, but with that, of course, we had two players that were on loan with Rashid Gazal and uh, Valentin Rosier and I think that if you line up a hundred Besiktas fans if you would have asked them what should be this board's priority for next season I think they all would have said keeping Gezal and keeping Rosier at the club but I also think that from those 100 
90 plus would probably have said it's probably not gonna happen it's probably not possible and not only did it happen not only did we sign Valentin Rosier on a permanent deal well it's a loan with obligation to buy so it is a permanent deal but we also signed Rashid Ghazal on a permanent deal both of them four-year contracts now for Rosier who's 25 years old four-year contract is 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 an amazing deal for Rashid Ghazal he's 29 four-year contract that's pushing it a little it's a three plus one year deal though so um, that would keep him theoretically at the club until he's 32 at the minimum and 33 at the maximum I think that's okay especially for a player like Rashid Ghazal who does not rely on speed uh, more so he relies on technique his crossing ability his passing ability and uh, excuse me for the donkey in the background if you can hear him um, that's uh, a <laughs> <laughs> it's a little added atmosphere for you but for a guy like Rashid Ghazal I don't think it is that big of a deal obviously some players decline more rapidly than others so we'll have to wait and see how it goes for Ghazal but let's keep our fingers crossed let's hope he can keep his uh, his level at uh, the same performance that he's performed for us this past season realistically that's going to be very difficult given how incredible he's performed this past season uh, it, it's it's hard to imagine any player um, of of that caliber to consistently keep that up for three four seasons. Um, I mean, Gazal was, in my opinion, the single most uh, influential player this past season for the title. So retaining him was important. That said, um, no player is irreplaceable. So I think we were all very much in the mindset of. Hey, if we can manage to keep one of these guys, that's going to be amazing. But we managed to keep both of them against all odds, against all the meddling of Galatasaray, who really did their best to uh, bump up their prices or to flat out just swoop them and, 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 and you know, basically steal them from our grasps. Fortunately, that did not work. Uh, Rosier told, told them to... Uh, take it elsewhere and uh, ultimately Gazal's agent tried to leverage uh, Galatasaray's interest for more money but it didn't work Gazal ended up signing for the exact same money that we had initially agreed on with him before his agent then afterwards after the agreement tried to jack up the price more and we only paid roughly 3 million euros for him Another amazing feat, um, 3 million euros for a player that I think everyone assumed would cost north of 5, probably around 7 million. That is an absolute steal. 29 years old, only just turned 29, just made us, had a tremendous uh, part in the title. And we managed to sign him on a permanent deal for 3 million euros and he's going to earn roughly 2.2 million a year with added on with add-ons and stuff like that so it's 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 a steep wage let's not let's not uh, forget last season we were talking about how we were probably not going to be paying players more than 1.5 million anymore but i also don't think we thought we were going to qualify for the champions league and i definitely don't think that after we managed to qualify for the champions league that we were going to be able to retain all these players like this is the first time since this new era since the vodafone park era so to speak i'll call it that the 
Vodafone Park era. This is the first time in the Vodafone Park era that we won the league and retain almost our entire squad. Like in 2015-16, we lost arguably the most important component to that title, Mario Gomez. The season after, we lost Abu Bakr. And then the season after that, ultimately, well, that was the season after we didn't win the league, but we lost Talishka. Like we had those, those big loan moves that came in high impact loan moves, Mario Gomez, Vincent Abu Bakr, Anderson Talishka. I mean, every time we had to bite that bitter pill and, and say farewell to those players. Now, obviously Abu Bakr didn't stay, but that's okay. Yes, he was important for three-fourth of the season. But let's not forget, he played no part in the final third or the final fourth of the season. And that was where the prizes were divided. Yes, Abubakar was important, but Gazelle picked up that slack that he had left when he was injured, quote-unquote. And he lifted the team up on his shoulders and dragged us across the finish line. And we are able to keep this team together. Not just are we able to keep it together, we're building further upon it. And how are we doing that? Dear God, Besiktas have officially signed Alex Teixeira. This is a massive move. A massive move. This is not the type of player that would usually come to Turkey. The only reason that Besiktas are able to sign this guy... It's because we are very lucky that five years ago, the Chinese suddenly decided to start competing with the top five European leagues and started bringing in some of the biggest talent in Europe for insane, ludicrous contracts. Alex Teixeira was one of the first of many, mainly Brazilians, in their mid-twenties, in their primes, that China would swoop away from the Premier League and from La Liga, from but mainly from the Premier League. Teixeira was somebody high on the wish list of Liverpool. Liverpool were really interested in getting him at the time for 40-something million. He ultimately ended up going to China for 50 million. And it's not that Liverpool weren't able to pay that transfer fee. It was the money that the Chinese were willing to offer to the player himself. I believe, and I might be mistaken here, but that Alex Teixeira in five years made nearly 80 million euros by going to play in China, which is bonkers. Now, that's to say that the chance of us getting a player like this realistically is it wouldn't exist. Had Alex Teixeira gone to England five years ago, He'd probably be having a lot of success there right now. But th there's a possibility that he wouldn't. It's the possibility that he would have turned out like Andrei Yarmolenko, for example, who also went from the Ukraine to England and didn't have much success, mainly due to injuries, though. I mean, so that is possible. So that is another way that a Turkish club could have potentially signed a player like this. But realistically speaking, let's put it in that frame. Let's frame it positively for us um, the, the reason that we are able to sign him now mainly is because for some reason or another 
English clubs don't look at players that have lapsing contracts in China. It doesn't matter who it is. Like, look at Hulk. He went back to to, to Brazil, for example. We were very interested in him as well. And obviously Hulk is, is, is different because he's 34 years old, whereas Alex only just turned 31. Um, but yeah, the, the English clubs mainly, with, you know, let's be honest, the Premier League is that big league that gallops everything up in Europe. All the big talents, all the shiny new toys. That's what the Premier League clubs go after. And five years ago, Alex Teixeira was one of those shiny toys. Now, he's, in their eyes, just another Brazilian who has, uh, who had, quote unquote, lacking ambition, chose for the money. But let's be honest, who would turn down 80 million euros over four or five years? I don't think anyone in their right mind would. But, you know, that's probably how they look at it. But for us, it's a positive because we are able to sign this guy. This is a person, this is a player that has consistently for almost a decade had seasons of 30 goal contributions. Let's take a, a little bit of a closer look to his stats here. So in his last season in China, he made 19 appearances. In that 19 appearances, he scored 10 goals and provided four assists. So that's 14 goal contributions in 19 appearances. The season before that, he has 30 appearances and he has nine assists and 18 goals. That's uh, 20, uh, 27 goal contributions in 30 appearances. Season before that, tw uh, 28 appearances, 13 goals, four assists. That's 17 appearances, uh, 17 goal contributions there. Uh, and that's just in the league, mind you. Then the season before that, 19 appearances, eight goals, two assists. So that's 10 goals in. Um, in, in 19 appearances season before that um, that is his first season in China 28 appearances 11 goals 6 assists uh, then I have a bunch of stats here from Shakhtar I don't have the assists here unfortunately but his last season in Shakhtar he scored 22 goals season before that he scored 17 goals I mean this guy statistically at Shakhtar especially like I, I really have to have these uh, numbers here for a second but I mean it's 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 crazy. It's just maddening. Like, he has legit um, between 25 and 30 goal contributions a season uh, whenever he plays uh, 30 plus games or something. And this is, like I said, this is just league appearances. Like, this doesn't even factor in uh, cup appearances, uh, in that case, Asian tournament appearances or, or European tournament appearances. Like, he's also he also has, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, 11 lifetime goals in the Champions League. Like, that's more than any Besiktas player in history, uh, for Besiktas in the Besiktas shirt, of course, has managed. Um, it, it's just mad. Like, his stats are insane. Obviously, stats aren't all that. Stats aren't the be-all end-all. I am a, a firm believer of having to watch a player um, to be able to assess them properly because stats can be misguiding. Um, but, you know, Shakhtar were a force for many, many years and he was, I believe, their, 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 their big star. That's, that's at least how I, as an outsider, always looked at it. And hopefully I'll be able to speak to someone on this matter in the near future. But long story short, I think we signed uh, an incredibly talented, proven, consistent uh, player that is going to be able to provide us with lots of goals and lots of assists. Um, this is the type of player that, I, like I said, 
usually doesn't come to Turkey. Like, of course, we've had exceptions. You know, we've, we, we have seen uh, Anderson Talishka as a player like this as well. Um, but also Alex, uh, Alex de Souza. And, uh, and, and and Wesley Snyder to a lesser extent, Wesley Snyder to a lesser extent in the sense of he wasn't a goal machine, he wasn't necessarily an assist machine. He had a lot, like, you know, very respectable stats, but not like this, you know. This is not on the level of a Mo Salah or, or anything like that, but it's, like, the stats I just read to you is more than 50% of games he contributes to a goal. That is insane for a non-striker. And mind you, he has played as a striker. He has played as a left winger. He has played as a right winger. His favorite position is a number 10 position. But he is a jack of all trades in the offensive compartment, which also uh, allows uh, a lot of freedom for Sergen. And that's one of the reasons Sergen really wanted him at the club. He wanted a versatile player that can be deciding um, and, and and we all know that Sergen hasn't played with uh, a 10 really over the past years uh, over the past two years I should say Laij has been more used in an 8 role for example now I I, I, I hope and I, I mean I, I have to believe that Sergen wants to use Alex Teixeira in a more offensive way. Because otherwise, why insist on this player? This is his strength of an offensive contribution, right? So, um, we're, we're looking at a few more options this, this coming window. Uh, Kyle Laren still at the club. He could leave. That could open up the possibility for Alex Teixeira to play on the left. Um... There's of course the option that he plays as a, as a as a false nine, as a striker, as a second striker, as a ten. On the right, I think we're pretty set. Uh, God forbid Gazelle gets injured. I, I think he's going to be our starting right right midfielder right, and and, and Rosie is going to be our starting right back. Like our right side seems to be sorted. Our left side, right now, I mean, we still have uh, Ridvan and Sakala, who I think we can all agree they, I mean. Obviously, we all love Ridman and we hope he has a great career and all that. But right now, if you compare our left side to our right side, our left side is is our weaker side of the, on the pitch. But you know, if you put a guy like Alex Teixeira there, you have a lot of uh, quality there suddenly. Anyway, that's Alex Teixeira. We'll, I'm sure we'll go uh, more in depth on him later, uh, and I, I I am going to try to line up an interview. Um, and I am going to uh, try and uh, get a phone call in with somebody very special and uh, get some comments uh, on uh, of his opinion. Somebody who worked with Alex Teixeira for years, hopefully, will be able to get uh, some comments from this uh, person. And I'm not going to spoil who it is because if I can't deliver on it, I don't want to <laughs> have said it. Uh, but we'll see. Anyway, so that's that. We've got uh, Valentin Rosier, we've got uh, Rashid Gazal, we've got Alex Teixeira. Now we already had Sali Uchan, we already had Kanan Karaman. Um, now the big thing that Sergan wants is the striker, right? And after the striker, he also still wants one more defender. And of course, we've been linked with Diego Godin. Uh, Besiktas have made an offer to Cagliari. I believe today, in fact, was the deadline for the offer that Besiktas made. Besiktas had raised their initial offer of will be willing to pay one and a half million of uh, his almost four million a year contract, and they have up that offer to being willing to pay 2 million and they gave Cagliari until today 
uh, to the side. So today is Wednesday again, I repeat that, so by the time you hear this, uh, this may all be old news already. Uh, it, it might be turned down, it might be accepted, I don't know. We'll see. Diego Godin is still uh, the, the prime target, supposedly. That may change. But now the other thing, the most important thing, arguably, is the striker position, right? So we lost Vincent Aboubakar, and we saw last season, Kyle Aaron had an amazing season, but playing him as the lone striker didn't work. He, uh, he flourished on the left, as an inside forward or however you want to call it but as a nine it didn't work and even i remember in a post-season interview jenk tosun even said that like when i got injured when vincent abu, abu got injured you know it, it was kind of a problem for us because laren feels more comfortable on the left like even his teammates said it right now i think there's gonna be a couple of moves here like first and foremost i firmly believe that on deadline day Cenk Tosun will terminate his deal or sort something out with Everton. He's in the last year of his contract. He's still injured for a couple of months. I think that on deadline day, Cenk Tosun will sign for Besiktas. If not this window, January. Reason I believe this is, first and foremost, I think he wants to stay. I think he wants to come back. Secondly, last week when we were playing a friendly match against um, Kayserispor, he was actually there in attendance. I think that Cenk Tosun wants to continue at Besiktas, wants to rehab. And when he comes back, I think he wants to be uh, playing in the Besiktas shirt again. So I believe that there's a very big chance that we will sign Cenk Tosun on deadline day. And that's still a way off, right? Still a couple of weeks ago. But if that doesn't happen... I feel confident in saying that he will be a Besiktas player in the second half of the season. Now, obviously, uh, things can change, things can, you know, stuff can change. This is just my gut feeling. I have no insight knowledge, I have no scoop. Just my gut feeling. Just as how my gut feeling was, Gezal will stay at Besiktas, he's not going to Galatasaray. Anyway, um, the most important part is the number one striker. And the name that we've been hearing most has been Diego Costa. Diego Costa has supposedly now agreed terms with Atletico Mineiro, uh, the same club that uh, swooped in for Hulk during January last season. Um, and I, I, I don't think that's a bad thing. For me, uh, Diego Costa was a potential Mario Gomez transfer in the sense that he's a big risk, but also a potential high reward. Um, big risk because financially he'll be expensive. And he's had a lot of injuries, just like Mario Gomez when he was at Fiorentina, just before he came to us, he had a lot of injury woes and stuff like that. But both of them, of course, I think Diego Costa would be the best pure forward that we've had since Mario Gomez. Like, better than Vincent Abubakar, better than Dembaba before. Uh, like, he's on the same level, roughly, with Mario. And uh, in that sense, I think it would have been a very interesting gamble worth taking but still uh, a gamble with a potential uh, very expensive downside uh, a la uh, Radamel Falcao for Galatasaray. I don't think it would have turned out as bad because Besiktas would never give the types of wages that, that Galatasaray ended up giving to Falcao. But whether you pay someone five, six, seven million or pay someone three and a half or three million for Besiktas, that three and a half, three million would still be detrimental if he turned out uh, to be injured constantly. So. I, I, I'm, I was never against the Diego Costa deal, but at the same time, I, I'm also not 
disappointed that if he goes somewhere else because it is a big risk it's a risk arguably worth taking but a big risk nevertheless now that is probably off the table i believe he's going to sign in brazil but no big deal, right? We have other options. Uh, Luke de Jong is another option that we have. He's currently playing for Sevilla. Um, but of course, he's someone that made his career in the Netherlands. But de Jong, his wife, kind of wants to return to the Netherlands. De Jong isn't super keen on the move itself. Personally, I think Luke de Jong would be a, a good fit. Uh, would be a lot less uh, expensive than Diego Costa. I mean, a lot less expensive. It's, I, I believe he is still on two and a half million a year at Sevilla. So that's still pretty expensive. Um, but you're also not getting a player of the same level. Like Luke de Jong is a very good uh, center forward. Very good with his head. Hard working. But he is also a player that you really need to build around. If you want to get the most out of him. Obviously, they didn't do that at Sevilla. Obviously, they didn't do that when he went to Germany. At PSV, they did. Uh, and it, it was very successful there. Um, but uh, I think he would fit well into our system. Don't get me wrong. I think with a guy like Rashid Ghazal, with a guy like Teixeira behind him, I think he could do really well for us. But for me, if a player isn't really into it, then... I don't know like it's very important i think for example why uh rosia was as uh, successful as he was because his heart was in it that said he had his doubts before he came he didn't want the deal to include an option to buy because he wasn't sure about playing in turkey so that could be the same for luke de jong like luke de jong could come to turkey with uh his with, with major doubts and end up loving it and really flourishing in Turkey for Besiktas with our fans and all that and the passion surrounding the team. But it, but but it might not turn out that way. You know, it's always a gamble. Like these types of moves always are, and especially when you have players that are maybe prone to being a little bit homesick, uh, already having a wife that kind of wants to go back home, misses her family and all that stuff. And nothing wrong with that. I completely understand it. But then it, it might not be the most ideal move. So Luke de Jong was our prime target but according to trt spore now we have switched our uh our, our gaze so to speak to belgian international striker michi bachuai and this for me personally of course you all know i'm a little biased i'm belgian after all uh we're half belgian and this for me would be a dream signing now, don't get me wrong, Michi Bacuai isn't a Diego Costa level striker uh, in his prime, you know, like uh, Diego Costa in his prime, or Mario Gomez in his prime, but Michi Bacuai is a really good player, athletic, he's not the tallest, like he's 185, so he's kind of in between, uh, yeah, but it's tall enough, it's same as Vincent Abubakar, a little bit taller than Cenk was, but he's a good goal scorer, he's athletic, and he doesn't... Like, he's, he's a little aloof, almost, um, in a good way, though. Like, I don't think that Amici Bacuai, if he could would come one-on-one -on -one with, with Altai, one-on-one -on -one with uh, Fernando Muslera, I don't think he's the type of player that would give a rat's ass. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying he's gonna bag it. He might miss it and blow it into the stands. But, like, he's that type of player that's always struck me like... I don't I don't give a fuck you know but not in a bad way like in a yeah pressure doesn't really get to this guy that much um, I think Michibachiwai would be a really good signing especially he's in the last season of his contract with Chelsea if we could get him for 
I mean, I don't even know if it's possible if we still have this budget, but if we could get him for 5 million euros or something, he is 27 years old. Like, that is something that really excites me. Because for years now, we've had this issue of loaning strikers, constantly loaning strikers. Like, the last striker we bought was Dembaba, and we sold him uh, just a season later. Obviously, we couldn't resist. We had uh, we bought him for six, and we sold him for thirteen. So yeah, great business. But then afterwards, it's been the same thing all over and over and over, right? We had Mario Gomez loaned him, then lost him. Vincent Abubakar loaned him, then lost him. Alvaro Negredo bought him, that didn't turn out well. Then we had Wagner Love bought him, didn't turn out well. Uh, and these were all like like Negredo was in his thirties, uh, Love was deep into his thirties. Um, yeah, and, 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 and last season we had Abu, we signed him, but you know what happened there. Um, so I would really like so, to us to sign a good striker in his prime on a long-term deal. Like Amici Bacuai for four years, for example. I, I mean, I don't know if it's possible, but we are in a good position in the sense that Bacuai did not have a good loan spell last season at Crystal Palace. That means that the, the, the interest from Premier League clubs will probably not be as keen. That opens up possibilities. There's been rumors over the past couple of weeks of him even returning to Belgium with Standard, with Anderlecht, with Club Brugge all being named. Look, if these clubs are being linked, we can definitely make an offer, a compelling offer for him. Financially, we can offer more. Besiktas can offer more. On top of that, Bacuai is said himself he does not want to come back to Belgium yet. And we have another trump card. We have our own uh, Joseph de Souza in this story. Josh Kevin and Kudu. Bacuai and Kudu are really good friends from their time stemming together at Marseille. Hopefully, let's hope, Nkudu plays the Souza in this story and, um, and tries to convince Michi Bacuai. Our fans have already started bombarding his Instagram account now. Some players get flattered by that, love the attention. Other players uh, like Alexander Serlot don't appreciate that and tell, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and I understand both sides, you know, I mean, if you don't know how to turn off your notifications, I can see how that is very uh, annoying getting a 300,000 uh, come to, uh, in this case, Besiktas uh, posts on your pictures. Um, but yeah. Let's hope and see. This is the last big move for me. I mean, if we can sign the striker, then our, for me at least, in my opinion, our transfer window would have been perfect. I don't even care if we sign a center back then. Like, I think a center back is 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 luxury at this point. And there's one more thing, and uh, I, I have my own opinion about it. Um, but uh, sources in Belgium are saying that Besiktas have made the Raja Naim Golan a two-year deal for 4.8 million over those two years, so 2.4 million a year. Very strong sources, supposedly, um, and I'm, I, I believe that uh, because the reporter that said it, uh, I, I trust him. Uh, I trust that he has good sources. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that source would be uh, Naim Golan himself. Um, that said, uh, I don't see how that makes sense for us. Uh, I'm willing to believe that we've sent out feelers, that we've made an offer. I think that uh, we were in the market for another central midfielder. But with the, uh, with, with the transfer of Alex Teixeira, I think we no longer are. 
Uh, we were also interested in Getson Fernandez, uh, of course, a player that spent uh, the season last season at uh, at, uh, at Galatasaray. Um, but uh, I think that has also cooled down now with the signing of Alice Teixeira. I don't think that, first and foremost, with in terms of foreigner spots, we have room for another foreign midfielder. And I think that uh, Sergen either wanted a really good technical eight or he wanted Alex Teixeira. And we signed Alex Teixeira, so I don't think this rumor is, um, is, is, is up to date, so to speak. So yeah, there, there are credible rumors that we are interested in Raja Nayangolan, but I think with the, with the transfer of Teixeira, that is off the table. That is just, again, my personal opinion, my gut feeling. This is no insider knowledge, nothing like that. I just don't see the logic behind signing Raja Nayangolan at this point, or Getson Fernandez, um, for that matter. Alright, uh, I think that uh, pretty much do it for me for today. Uh, thank you for listening to this first lengthy episode of uh, Khan's Corner. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sinan, for uh, going so long. Um, but uh, hopefully we can do this again in the future and I can uh, try to tone it down a little bit. I, I went over half an hour here uh, with my ramblings. But uh, lots of exciting stuff to talk about. It's been a fantastic preseason for us in terms of transfers. Uh, not so much in preparation. I feel like we're lacking a little bit and I'm a little worried about the start of the season. But all in all... Um, with the players that we have available, with the material that we have available, especially if we sign a good striker, I think we should be on paper in for a great season. Having said that, a little bit of a caveat, I thought the same thing in 2010-2011 when we signed Quaresma and Guti. I thought the same thing in 2017-18 when we arguably had our strongest squad ever. And the thing is, having a great transfer window, having a great squad is no guarantee for success. Let's hope that it translates to the pitch. Let's hope that we can extend that title and let's hope that we do well in the Champions League. I'm not saying qualify for the next group, uh, next round or anything, but let's hope that we, uh, that we can represent Turkey in a good way because it's been a long time. It's been since the 2017-18 season that a Turkish club has actually uh, not embarrassed themselves in the Champions League. So let's hope that Besiktas can once again uh, be the saving grace for Turkish football and uh, that we can... Um, pick back up where we left off a couple of years ago because we've we can't just point fingers we've been terrible in Europe ourselves and Turkey needs uh, the clubs to step up and to start bringing in coefficient points we won't have a direct qualification ticket to the Champions League next season let's hope that in a couple of seasons with a couple of good seasons now coming hopefully knock on wood that uh, we will have that Champions League ticket again in a couple of years Anyway, that's will, that'll do it for me for today, and I'll see you again in the near future. Let's go Besiktas! Yeah, thank you so very much, Mr. Bayazit. Uh, absolute pleasure to have you back with us. I look forward to more of your, your rants and raves. Um, no, but honestly, it was, it was great to hear your voice again on the podcast, and I'm sure our listeners will agree. Uh, can't wait for the season. You, you hit every nail on the head, I think. Um, yeah, I, I didn't want to steal your thunder, so I, I avoided these topics before your segment. Um, but so, yeah, I'll, I, I think you really said enough, though. Uh, and, and our listeners now have a almost hour-long podcast probably on the hand, so I'll leave it at that. Um, stay tuned for more. Follow us on Twitter at Eagles underscore podcast. Follow myself at Sir underscore rights underscore a lot. 
follow that dude over there who just great gave us a fantastic segment at Razarian, R-A-Z-Z-E-R-I-A-N. That's Khan's Twitter handle. Follow us on Instagram, Black Eagles Podcast, one word. My apologies for hitting the snooze button on that account during this summer. Um, kind of slipped my mind. You know, I, I mentioned my cat passing. You know, it's been a, you know, the COVID. There's been a lot going on in our in, in my headspace. And so, on top of the podcast itself, apparently the Instagram account uh, became a bit much to handle. But yeah, things are normalizing in the Schwarting household. And um, the season's upon us. So, stay tuned for more. And as Khan alluded to previously... And I further posit. Let's go, Crazy Josh! Peace out, everyone. Stay tuned for more. And yeah, let's go uh, front office. Maybe bring in us, bring us a striker, please. Yusuf, what's the deal with that? Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.